report in. Red 10 standing by. Red 9 standing by. Red 3 standing by. Red 6 standing by. Red 9 standing by. You're listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast. Laugh it up, fuzzball. Your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. This is it. Hey, laser clickers. Welcome to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for the entertainment news and reviews from a galaxy far, far away. I'm one of your hosts, Tom, and I'm joined today by my friend and co-host, William. And Stephen is unfortunately under the weather, so he will be missing this week. But we do have a friend of the show who is joining us this week. It is Teresa Delgado from Star Wars Bookworms. So, Hi. how you doing, Teresa? <laughs> I'm good. I'm excited to be back. Yeah, I'm glad to have you. Um, this was a really great episode, and I know uh, I know you're a fan of Hondo, as are we. Yeah, yeah I think so it's I'm the perfect a huge episode. Hondo to have fan. You. <laughs> <laughs> so this this will be a, a very very fun episode, I think. Okay. So, so with that, uh, yeah, uh, I think so. Tom, before we get into the uh, the episode, we've got. Two uh, two big things happened actually in the last uh, oh two three days whatever 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 it's been it, within the week how about put it that way yeah I, I think almost back to back yeah we got two new trailers or TV spots for the Force Awakens we got um, the international or uh, Japanese trailer for the Force Awakens which is kind of similar to the first one but with a whole bunch of new scenes and dialogue. Uh, and then we also got the uh, the first TV spot for the film, uh, thirty seconds long, focused primarily on Ray. What did you guys think of these? I for one loved them. Uh, did you watch them at all, or are you trying to stay away from as much footage as possible? Um, I've watched all of them. In fact, I just saw the TV spot um, probably within the last half hour because I actually did not know it dropped until I noticed. Um, there was a posting from Entertainment Weekly breaking it down. I'm like, there was a TV spot. So I went and found that, and I actually really enjoyed the international trailer. I thought that was one of the coolest things because, as I've been discussing with friends of mine, it said a lot, but it still said absolutely nothing. Yes, yes. So, well, Teresa, what did, what did you think? <laughs> well, I, I, it's not loaded, but what did you I think? I know. I'm, I've been kind of quiet about it. I saw the international trailer i have not watched the tv spot um i will not be watching the tv spot um i i saw the international trailer and i didn't think that i was at this point yet and after i saw the international trailer i realized i am at this point of where i don't want to see anything else i don't want to see any more posters i don't want to see any more images i don't want to see any more trailer stuff i'm just i think i'm on overload and i'm done um, so when I saw the international trailer, I, I have a couple of hangups because I don't like subtitled things and it messes up the flow for me because I end up trying to read things. And I realized it was in a different language, which messed it up even more. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was just all a little bit off and the new footage while cool just seems sort of disjointed, but that could have been because of the way that I don't like watching things with subtitles. And so I don't know. I just kind of wish I'd never seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just ready for the movie. So I'm, I think I'm getting to the point of shutdown mode when it comes to social media and stuff. I'm just going to go into a little cave and just wait for the 17th of December. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't blame you. Uh, I know, I think it was a friend of the show. Andrew loopy was, uh, I think he said on Twitter today he doesn't want to watch any more of the episodes as well. Not even sorry, any more of the already thinking rebels, any more of the trailers as well because he wants to stay as uh, spoiler free as possible. Mm-hmm. That's definitely me. I'm I am not a spoiler rumor kind of person, so I just you know I want to see it fresh and I don't want to see any more footage. Like let me just see it in the context of the film. I I totally agree with both of you, but I think the one thing I'm enjoying about these spots is. It's saying a lot, but it's still saying absolutely nothing. Yeah. And I'm Although, trying to stay away from – what I'm trying to stay away from – sorry to interrupt, William. Okay. But I'm trying to stay away from everybody who's trying to read in what's going on, trying to say there's a spoiler about this, about product, about, oh, this could be the name of one of these characters. That's stuff I'm staying away from. I'm in, 
enjoying the commercials because it's really other than the Japanese trailer because it's a different market than what we saw from Monday Night Football. But still, nothing has said anything out of these trailers. You're not having any hint of who these characters are other than this is going to be a really cool movie. And in so oh. many so many visual cues, this is why. Oh, I mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, I was really excited about the trailers. I think the you know, if you watch them all, you can start to put more and more pieces together. And maybe they're actually intentionally throwing people off the off the trail, you know, uh, throwing out some red herrings. Uh, so maybe that's actually part of it. But it is like you know, by themselves, they don't they don't say much. If you if you start watching them, uh, you know, many times and trying to analyze the details, you can start to glean some bits of information potentially. But mm-hmm. I I've really enjoyed the the trailers quite a bit. Uh, oh, and. I sorry, I really enjoyed the trailer that we got during Monday Night Football like a ton. Mm-hmm. But I was on such a high from that that I was like, I can go into the movie with this and I'm good. <laughs> and so I think that all this kind of messed it up. But Tom, you'd mentioned when we were chatting off air that like this trailer was really geared for the Japanese audience because they yes. watch stuff differently. Can you explain yes. that? Because maybe that might help me feel better. The the way that it was explained to me. It, it, I haven't talked to a lot of people about this, and, and their market, when you present a movie, they want to know what the movie's about. It's not like the U.S. market in which you know, we get a trailer, okay, this looks great, let's go see it. They actually want to see, and this may be, they want to see the story in the trailer, okay? That's what it's. That's why it was explained to me when it comes to the Japanese market, that they really want to see what the story is about. So if they feel they want to go spend the money on it, then, okay, this is what the story is going to be about. Then it's worth it to go see it because I want to see this story. Not like what they're doing for us. They're not giving us anything. They just want us to go see the movie to find the story. So I'm not saying that this trailer is telling you the story because it's the Japanese market. But that's kind of how movies in Japan are marketed. They want to see the story in the trailer mm. so they can make the judgment if they want to see the movie or not. That's the, how it was explained to me. Did the Entertainment Weekly article you found, did it explain what the words were that were in Japanese on, in the trailer? I, I think it's just purely the subtitles. I think it is because yeah. I, cause the trailer is all think, in English. Right. And I think it's just the Japanese. It's their language. That's the subtitle. Uh-oh. It's like if you were to see... Let's say you were to see a movie um, in German that it's spoken in German with the American sub- subtitles. Yeah. Then it's the reverse. This is an English version movie with the Japanese subtitles for them to read. So mm. that's all it is. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Don't, I don't think that that's telling them anything different. It would be interesting if somebody else gets out there and breaks it down. And if there is something different. I, I don't believe. Yeah. And so I, I mean, the only I, time you so. might have that is, I think. There might be a few um, instances where, like, inst- uh, it cuts and has the um, you know Japanese written across the entire screen, and that's probably like, going to be like in the other trailers of like you know this December you know, that kind right. of thing. But you're not missing mm. you're not missing yeah. anything else in the trailer at all. Um, it's all in English, so I, I, the subtitles you know I just you can ignore them uh, effectively if, if you're you know. You speak English. Uh, yeah, and, and I treated it that way too. It's just basically it's it's if a Japanese person was watching the trailer, they're reading the subtitles because the actual well, trailer was in English. Right. I really. Well, I am glad that uh, I speak English and that I do not speak Japanese <laughs> and that I don't have to read this movie. <laughs> uh, I, I really enjoyed it though. I think you know. I guess we can we can we don't want to take too long on this, but since, since no. we're already discussing it. You know, the episode opens, and again, Ray's talking about, you know, it's, it's Maz uh, Kanata asking, who are you, to Ray, And um, she says, you know, I'm no one. And then you see her meeting BB-8, and she's talking about how she's waiting for her family, uh, how she knows all about waiting for her family. And I think, Teresa, you mentioned in the chat before we got started that the line, the dialogue sounded a little bit pieced together, sounded a little bit pieced together. And I think you're right. I think they are different pieces of dialogue. They... 
uh, you know, spliced together for the trailer to make it sound like a response to Maz Kanata. Right. Well, I don't see for me, it was this, it was the imagery of her talking to BB-8 and it's so far, like the imagery, we're not like right on her face. So we're not seeing her talk. And so we're kind of far away. And then the, the dialogue is sort of just placed in kind of over it, over the scene. Yeah. And one part sounds a little stilted or something. Right. And it, it's almost like it's made to seem like she's saying that right there in that scene. Mm-hmm. But I didn't I didn't feel it like I didn't believe it. I felt like this was dialogue that happens in the film at some point yep. that they just placed over this image of her mm-hmm. t- her and BB-8. And I'm like, and for me, I was like, well, this is like a really bad anime dub. Um, <laughs> because I, <laughs> I don't think it did sound a little bit funny, but I, I, you know, they do that all the time. They, they put dialogue from other parts of the of the film and to make the, the trailer. Uh, right. And I, so. You know, that's why she's always, she says, you know, oh, you know, I know all about waiting. And then she's like, for my family, you know, it like the, the, the flow wasn't quite as natural. Like she had said that all at once. Right. But and I think um, it was mainly that scene, but there's a scene at the end where I guess it's Maz Kanata at the end. That's talking about, you know, hope isn't lost and whatever. Uh-huh. When, as soon as that line was spoken, I was like, am I watching a Lord of the Rings trailer? <laughs> you know? Or Harry Potter, like there was something about that particular line that did not feel Star Wars to me. Mm-hmm. Interesting, but it was bizarre. Yeah, there's a lot of really other great scenes though with you know Chewbacca um, hitting what looks like a detonator. Uh, you've got uh, Kylo Ren, you know, igniting his lightsaber right next to Rey, and the look on her yeah, face was... is well, it's so. Not just that. It's the effect coming off of the blade oh, yeah. that's on her face. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I pick out the little things when I watch stuff. And that's the thing I caught. Just, yes, the terror on her face, but to make it even worse, that effect coming off the blade made it made it even more intense. Yeah. And um, and, and just the, the way the, the scenes were shot, too, are just fantastic. Mm-hmm. You, know, you have the, the Apocalypse Now-like shot with the oh, that fighters sweet. coming out of the sunset. And you've got, uh, you know, explosions, like, right next to BB-8. And, oh, it's... Yeah, I thought all of that was cool. Well, I kind of was... That... Go, no, ahead. go ahead, Teresa. No, go oh, ahead. I was kind of missing the... I like the beginning of the trailer that we got during Monday Night Football where she's dropping into the Star Destroyer. Yes. But it's partially because... I don't know if you guys have read Lost Stars, but I have. Oh, yeah, I really so... enjoyed Lost Stars. Yeah, I, I've so... got the book. So because of all of that, those scenes from the trailers that we got on Monday Night Football meant so much more to me. And so with her standing outside of it, I'm like, that's not as cool. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I think I think I I, I think my favorite is the Monday Night Football, the original, the, 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 you know, the the second official trailer. But the the other other two are great. This one and then the other, which I think, Teresa, you said you have not watched. Is that correct? The, the, the TV, TV spot? spot? No. Yeah. I, y'all can talk about it. It's fine. I'm just not going to watch it. I don't. I don't want to see the visuals. Like if you talk mm-hmm. about what's in it, that's fine. Okay. I just don't. I just don't want to see it. It's a lot of the same scenes um, that we've we've seen before. There's a new shot of Han, uh, and Maz Kanata is talking about actually eyes and how she could. She's seen. She's lived a long time and seen the. Um, She's seen that set of eyes before. Yeah, like remember, she sees like that the, look how people can change, but their eyes will often stay the same, um, and possibly hinting at you know um, parentage or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, I can see how all, how a bunch of people, not me, but I know a lot of people are piecing all of this stuff together, and it cracks me up because I'm like, just wait, just wait. <laughs> or, <laughs> it's so what, close. Forty days away, right? Forty days. Yeah. Uh, as the way that I understand us. it, it's five Friday. From this coming Friday, it's going to be five Fridays away. Or technically, for those of us who have the tickets for Thursday, it's five Thursdays from this coming Thursday. So exciting. So anyway, if you haven't seen them and you don't mind um, seeing the the visuals, definitely go check it out. Mm -hmm. It's really cool. Uh, But I won't waste too much time talking about the trailers because we have a whole new episode of Star Wars to discuss. Yes, we do, and we happen to be talking about Rebels Season 2, Episode 3, Brothers of the Broken Horn, written by Bill Wilkoff and directed by Sal Ruiz. The synopsis, in order to flee the pressure of responsibility of being a rebel and a Jedi, Ezra goes on a rescue mission together with Chopper after they receive a distress call. But to their surprise, the ship belongs to none other than Hondo Anaka. 
but it really <laughs> didn't belong to Hondo to begin with. No. Yeah. No, it didn't. Well, in classic Hondo fashion, he's not quite telling the truth. Uh, but, 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 but. <laughs> that, that was my best Hondo. I'm not going to do any better than that, so. Oh. But yeah, I mean, the, the episode starts out as, uh, um, I mean, Teresa, we've been talking about this, how, how um, for much of, many of them, I think I would say most, actually, Star Wars Rebels episodes, um, and I apologize if I'm stumbling over words a little bit, I'm not feeling the best uh, either. Um, uh, as For most of the Star Wars Rebel, Rebels episodes, Ezra starts out with some sort of Jedi training, mm-hmm. which is interesting, but... Um, I don't know. I, I almost feel like it's starting to get old with him. At it is. Every episode doing Jedi training. You don't want to get uh, to the, into a state where you're like, oh, when is he actually learning how to be a Jedi, right? He's always on missions <laughs> and he's not actually learning anything. <laughs> True. But, you know, which is like the reverse problem, you know? Uh, but I almost feel like it, it's kind of becoming old to have like the, okay, let's do the training thing. And then everybody gets called into the into the ghost to have their big debriefing and then let's mm-hmm. go on our mission um, like a little bit of variety I think um, but at least well, they try to mix it up and, and keep it interesting during the Jedi training like with last week uh, chopper locking down locking himself down to the ground so as that was pretty folders. funny that this was time funny. he's got this like stormtrooper helmet on or, or bucket as they say in the 501st and uh, and rolling around while Ezra's trying to shoot him. Um, and he's, he's hanging out with Rex. So mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're trying to mix it up. But, what, but, what but it, I think in this case, they're mixing it up, but it's also showing there there's kind of a little bit of a conflict in now training. Because not so much Kanan is in charge of his training, but Rex is now part of his training. So he's got to split the two. And he's having a hard time trying to juggle the two of them. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Teresa, it's like a, you were going to say like something. Kid, oh, it's like a kid who's got piano lessons and guitar lessons and has to do chores and yep. all this stuff. He's basically yep. turning into a normal kid who has parents that are making him do stuff and he doesn't like it because he's <laughs> used to being on his own and just being able to do whatever he wants. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the kind of vibe that I got from it. And it was very reminiscent the whole beginning part to what I deal with with my students where I teach because, you know, they're dealing with like, I've got homework for this and homework for that. And, you know, I'm sick and tired of having to do stuff all the time. <laughs> and it's like, welcome to the real world. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, so <clears throat> after the – that's a good point. I guess it makes me feel a little bit better. Because I was like, well, you can't really – because he, he was complaining um, – to, to Hera a few minutes into the episode about not having time to scrub the vents and how he's too busy pre- with uh, Jedi practice and blaster practice. And I thought, well, I mean, I guess Kanan could put that all together because Jedi practice and like use, practicing to use the Force and use a lightsaber is not mutually exclusive exclusive with shooting a blaster. But um, right. I think he also just finds it fun hanging out with, uh, with Rex, which might be part of it. Mm-hmm. Um... But it's trying to get him to understand he needs to figure out a way to balance his time. It's like yeah. with any, like Teresa, like Teresa was mentioning with exactly. her students. It's like with my kids. You've got to balance your time to say, okay, you've got chores you got to do, you got this you got to do, you got this you got to do. It, it's a way to grow, and it's also part of the training process for him to be a Jedi. Because Rex has a point. You know, he's got to teach him how to use a blaster because he's not going to always have a lightsaber at the ready. Yeah. But then. You know, Kanan's got the thing, well, he's got to learn how to be a Jedi, but then Hera's like, you know, just like a normal kid, dude, you got to go wash the dishes, but in this case, get up on the, get up on the ghost and take care of, you know, scrubbing out the, the uh, blaster burns on it, which was pretty cool because on the side of the ship, did you see all those TIE fighter markings on it? Yeah, that was that cool. That was cool. hmm I, I, I really enjoyed the, the little details they, mm-hmm. they added to it. Um, but of course, as soon as he has an opportunity to leave, he does so, right? He, he hears his distress call from the broken horn, mm-hmm. uh, which is Vizago's ship. He's like, oh, I owe Vizago a favor because, you know, that one time I, I can see like rationalizing, right? Cause normally mm-hmm. Vizago didn't come to him. Vizago's just like, Hey, anybody out there can you some help? And he's like, Oh, 
I, I owe Zago a favor. I can go right now, help him out, and uh, and not not owe him anything anymore, and in the process get out of these chores. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, he's probably a little bit too eager to go help Zago, but you know he drops everything and and runs off, stealing the Phantom. I might. Yeah, have. and in the process, in the process, like any any kid would when he steals something, especially like a car, does a little bit of damage when he's pulling it out of the ghost. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah. you know, it's, it's, he's what, 15? Yeah, um, around there. Yeah, he's like a 15 year old that just is trying to get out of doing stuff and takes like the very first thing he can come up with. Right. Like, oh, okay, I can do this. And also, the 15 year olds think they're invincible and that mm-hmm. nothing's going to get them, nothing's going to hurt them. They're too cool for school. And, you know, he's like, I can handle this by myself. That is true. And I think this episode may have shown a little bit of that, uh, you know, that he thinks he can he can get out there and do it. In the end, naturally, you know, it all works out. But it showed a little bit that that's kind of his thing where it's like, I'm just about invincible. But at the same time, he's learning that, you know what, I had it better to begin with. But then at the end, naturally, he's got it better now. So Right. I mean, he's even rationalizing to himself saying, oh, I'm not running away from my problems. I'm just... I'm running to help someone else with their problems, you know? Yeah. Um, but, and there's a difference. Same thing. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I, I feel like Hera's probably going to, and Kanan, need to keep a better eye on, on Ezra at this point because he's run off twice in a row mm-hmm. uh, stealing, you know, the, the, the team's ship in the but, process. But well, didn't he also try and rationalize this as it's almost like the Jedi way? Yeah, but like, you know, he doesn't know what the Jedi way is. <laughs> oh, that's he is a fifteen-year-old. He doesn't. That doesn't. That doesn't excuse true. stealing. I know it's no excuse. Off. It's no excuse. Okay. <laughs> I'm helping someone, but I'm gonna steal the car in the process. Like, okay, so <laughs> yeah. Go talk to the parents, make sure they're okay with it, and then go help them. Yeah. Right. But he knew. Well, they probably told him. They probably tell him no. You can't. Oh, absolutely. Hera and Kanan need to just stop bickering between themselves first they need to get their crap straightened out before they start trying to adopt children um which is what is basically happening here uh, you know they right now they're not in a great place Kanan's not in a good place because he's dealing with rex and i mean tom you're a parent then i'm not yet i have nephews uh-huh. but but you know when things aren't great with you unless you can put your own stuff aside to focus on your kids and it's hard you can't always do it and i think that's what's happening here is that they're not really taking care of ezra or sabine but we don't see sabine right now um because they're not really taking care of themselves either but is it is it possible the reason why they're not having this this issue with sabine is she's been with this crew a lot longer than ezra and they they've gotten themselves into a rhythm between them and also, she appears to be one who can take care of herself better than Ezra. Yeah, she's also more responsible. I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. like <laughs> the girls naturally are; they mature a little bit faster. Um, uh, here, okay, <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm just okay. Make it fun of us. <laughs> no, but uh, I think it's also she knows what her skill level are. Skill right. levels are. She doesn't need anybody to train her because she's already trained. Um, and she knows her place in the ghost crew. She knows what her role is. Ezra still doesn't really know what his role is. It's kind of morphing. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially with all the Jedi stuff, right. you know, and he's trying to figure out that along with what he's naturally good at from what he's grown up with. And he's in, he's like a 15 year old that's in middle school that's trying to figure mm-hmm. everything out. Yep. Who am I? So. Ezra and Chopper arrive on the Broken Horn. Uh, it's our CROC Gazanti class cruiser. Um, for those of you uh, who are curious, I think if Steven were here, he would be all excited about the, the ship class mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, they kind of explore the ship. It, it kind of had a very similar vibe to last episode as well. Where they I was going to say ship. that. It had that creepy feel to it. Mm-hmm. Just a bit, you know, and they, they bump into one of those droids and start, uh, who are, who are this disabled droid and start running away. Mm-hmm. And then they reach the cockpit. And who is there but Hondo Anaka? I was so excited to see Hondo. And we even Me got too. his music. 
from uh, from uh, uh, from his base in the Clone Wars. You know that that, that uh, music that was always playing in the background. That's right. He had it on mm-hmm. when he pressed the button to turn it off. I right. loved that little detail. I loved it. What do you guys think of of Hondo? Um, in general, I mean, he looks a little bit different as does Ahsoka. He's he's a little bit older. Um, I think the, the the little dangly things on his face are longer. They're less like mm. stubs and more hanging down. Um, his goggles were di- well because again, little details. The goggles were a little bit better in this series compared to the Clone Wars because you could actually you notice that there were goggles over his eyes, but you could see that the transparency, I guess, is what I'm trying to say, was better in this one than it was in the Clone Wars. Uh, that's I like, yeah, I liked seeing this model. I loved him in the Clone Wars. I loved him, the model for him in this one as well. So he fit in very well. I think for me, I was I was so excited to see him, and it took me a little while. And then I was like, oh, man, he's older. And, <laughs> well, and it kind of bummed me out a little bit. I was like, oh, it's like Grandpa Hondo. And then... <laughs> well, I don't think he was that old. No, but it's just... He was definitely older. He moved a little bit slower, you know, and, and I just... I mean, he's I probably like, in his, what, wow. 50s now? But I wasn't... Hey, now. I, I <laughs> Not old, pre- but just older, you know? Well, true. I wasn't prepared for it. You know, I was. Yeah. I understood and was prepared for Ahsoka being older, and I understood and was prepared for Rex being older, but it's almost like because he's an alien, I wasn't prepared for it because uh, you mm-hmm. don't see, like, the natural kind of changes that way. Right. And then as he talked and I started to notice that he was older, I, it, I was just like, oh, man. But he was still just as cool and just as witty and just as, you know, I don't know, manipulative. Hondo's, pretty much everything Hondo says is pure gold. I, I know there's one thing that you missed within the show notes, uh, William, but he insulted a guy's wife. Do <laughs> oh. <laughs> you remember that? Yes. He I insulted that. I a guy's that. wife. <laughs> I heard that. <laughs> My mouth dropped. <laughs> I loved that. Yeah, that was such it was a great so moment. nonchalant too. Just yeah. nonchalant. Oh. It was like, oh, let's not bring your wife into this. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just beautiful, just beautiful. Anyway, we jumped so far ahead on this one. Uh, no, it's it's a good example of just how funny Hondo is. Absolutely. You know, and he he's always playing some sort of a game, right? This time he's like, oh, you know, uh, I'm a friend of Izago, and I won it from him, the broken the ship from him, you know, broken horn in a game of Sabak. And doesn't this, doesn't this tell you never to play Sabacc and place uh, on your ship? Yeah, you'll always lose it. Well, assuming people are telling the truth. Well, that's true. Um, I just wouldn't play Sabacc. I don't trust the people who play this game. Yeah. In general. <laughs> but I feel I have to feel bad for Hondo in many ways, right? Because he clearly didn't win the ship in the game of Sabacc, as we find out later in the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's also lost his whole crew. Yeah, it, it seems like he's alone. He was this like he was at the top of the world and came to the the pirate this pirate empire. Uh, Hondo had this tons of people working for him. He had giant saucer like ships. Now yeah. he's so far down, he doesn't have the rank of captain anymore. He doesn't have a ship. He doesn't have a crew. He All has a things. bounty on his head. Yeah, he has a bounty on his head. Yeah, and I just felt so bad for him. I mean, he's a he's a pirate. He's kind of the underworld, but. Um, you really, you really had to feel for Hondo. He's he's that pirate with the the heart of gold type of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I mean, he guy. he made a couple comments, and this might be further down where he's talking about you know the Jedi that he was friends yes. with, and he's like, "Oh, kind of friends with." I think we were friends. Oh, I, <laughs> I love that moment. Yeah, that's that's at the very end where he, uh, you know, he's he's talking about Obi Wan. Well, he's yeah. reminiscing. Yeah, he's reminiscing. And uh, I'm trying to find it in my in my show notes here. Um, uh, where is it? But yeah, he, anyway, he he's talking about how he and oh he 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 had a, he had a Jedi who was a, a good friend of his, and at least he, he thought they were friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, and how here here it is. He says, you know, I wouldn't believe me either, but one of my best friends was a Jedi. At least I'm pretty sure we were friends. <laughs> um, and it's just one of those really nice moments where. Yeah, you see that. Yeah, he's a pirate, but he's a he's a really good guy at heart. Mm-hmm. He's constantly trying to swindle people and and, and lie. I mean, heck, right? After, you know, he introduces himself. He he, he says, "Ah, the stories I could tell. So many of them true." 
It's so great. Oh, it's so great. You know, I one thing I have to, I would love to be, if there's any way, I know it's impossible, but to be in a recording session with Jim Cummings playing that character, how much of that was improv uh-huh. Because a lot of that stuff, you know, something like that, all the stories you could tell, many of them are true. How was that improv, especially the thing about the wife and a couple <laughs> yeah. other little things that are under his breath that happen. It's like you would love to know if that's if that cuz that makes the character. The voice Jim Cummings makes this character. Oh, he does. He does mm-hmm. such a fantastic job. Such a fantastic job. Yeah. And uh, uh go ahead, Tom. Well, I was going to say what what I find interesting is one thing when it comes to Ezra, he likes to introduce himself as Lando Calrissian because this is this the second time he did it where he introduced himself as Lando. Mm-hmm. And especially going to Hondo, which Hondo's response was like, I think it was to the extent you're a little bit younger than I expected. Yeah. Yeah, he, he's, he thought Ezra was a little bit younger than expected, but he's like, oh, I'm so excited to meet the famous, you know, the semi-famous. Semi-famous. The semi-famous Lando Calrissian. And he totally bought Ezra's lie. See, I don't think no. he did. You know, I, I, don't think I he agree. Did. I agree with her. I agree with I Teresa. Think he, I don't think he I think he was like, okay, you know. Yeah, I'll just roll with it. I'll, I'll yeah, he was rolling with, with it. Okay, this. maybe. You could be right. You could be right. Either way, I, I loved it. He pulled, you know, out the name Lando. and. I think uh, Hondo is such a liar that he just recognizes liars. He's yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, a big liar. to be fair, once once uh, once he figures out who Ezra really is, uh, he says, uh, actually, I think maybe he did buy it because he, he says, you lied to me. I knew I liked you. Yes, <laughs> I love that line, too. That was great. But see, I don't think that necessarily means he bought it. I That's think true. he's just saying, like, good job. Yeah. Yeah. Just faking surprise. Yeah. Now I know why I like you, because you can lie. You can lie like me. <laughs> Oh, it's it's so great. And one of the, the little details, which I, I actually did not catch this, but the um, I read this in the StarWars.com episode guide. Uh, if you notice, Han, the, the logo of Hondo's Pirate Gang, uh, it, it's on the back of his jacket. Mm-hmm. That logo is actually on one of the flags in the uh, Monday Night Football Force Awakens trailer. Yes, it is. Along which... with a lot of the um, Pod Racer logos are on the flags in there, including Anakin's. Which is so cool. I, I really want to know how those tie in, if yeah. at all. Like, are they just, just an Easter egg that's set there that they put there, or maybe that's um, you know Maz Kanata's base or something? And see, now I, I have to go back. Some sort of tie into the underworld. It's very, you know, that that one shot with like. Um, well, yeah, they're walking. I, they're I know walking the one, in. Yeah, the robots the walking towards you, yeah. and they're walking in the because the Mandalorian flag was up there too. Yes. Yeah. I almost feel like those flags, and it's totally off topic, but I almost feel like all those flags are there as saying, you know, this is a, this is a safe place for all the uh, scum and villainy of the world. You know, come in here. Your flag is here. Which would make sense if that is, uh, that was, that was Han Solo going in there, correct? Which would make sense yeah. if that is, yeah, that yeah. would make sense. Definitely. Um, of course. The Empire arrives, so they have to quickly jump into hyperspace. And that's when we find out that... So, this this almost seems a little convenient, but uh, I want to see what you think. Moves the story uh, along. Hondo is apparently smuggling power generators. Um, and he is willing to help Ezra... He's, uh, he's willing to have, you know sell them with Ezra at a fair markup of 500% over region. <laughs> that was so funny, dude. <laughs> Uh, and they, they decide, you know, they're kind of, they're going to split the, how they're going to split the crates and stuff. But at the beginning of the episode, we didn't talk about this. The, uh, the, the crew of the ghost decides they need to get some, uh, they need to acquire some power generators because there's an emer- energy crisis on the planet Rin. Um, and so they, their mission while Ezra was going to be stuck behind cleaning the, uh, uh, scrubbing the vents was to go find power generators and what does he do he rushes off to go save um uh he rushes off to go save visago and he stumbles across a bunch of power generators seemed a little bit convenient but i'm i'm willing to forgive it i'm i'm ready to forgive it because it literally moves the story along and and when it comes to this episode to me as an overall feel of this episode it was just a filler episode 
before something else comes along. This is how I saw it. It was a great episode, but it was filler. And to me, how convenient this was, it was just a story to place here to make it convenient to entertain you so we can get to the next arc. True, That's but I, I, I feel it. like uh, in a lot of the a lot of the last couple episodes, they've been going around collecting bits and pieces of, of things, right? And kind of my hope was that they would all come together and use it to build a base. Like, okay, so we got the power generators, we got the medical supplies, we got this, we got that, and oh, I see now we've got our base, right? And so those those little one-off episodes where you get the Hondo episode and you get the you know um, the, the the creepy episode on the spaceship with the um, uh, with the Inquisitors, and you get you know all these little things going around and the clones, and that that you they all come together to to make something bigger. And in this case. They're giving them to people who need them, which is a very noble gesture, to be sure. Mm. Uh, it just seemed kind of um, convenient that most of the group goes to get these very expensive, rare power generators, hard to find, and all of a sudden, oh, Ezra found them too, without you know, w- without intending to. Well, I'll remind you, it is a child's cartoon. It is 30 minutes what? long. No. And, Wait and, uh, a minute. Uh, kind of the point. Got to keep the kids interested. Yeah. So. Crazy talk. <laughs> it was not for us. Yeah. yeah. It was for kids. So, and we can enjoy it too. Yeah. So I want to point this out. We all are talking about Garel. When yes. the broken horn lands on Garel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... My husband was watching this with me, and he's like, where are they? And I'm like, on Gorel. And I said it just like that, like I know what I'm talking about. And he's like, so where's that? And I'm like, I don't know. It's not in the atlas. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) And he was like, well, shouldn't you know where it is? I'm like, I don't know where it is. It's not a big deal. But it was so funny. somewhere nearby Lothal. Well, it's just funny because he was looking at me because he thinks I know everything. Like, he's not as big of a Star Wars fan as me. And so he's like, right. so where is that? And I could have said, well, near Lothal. Well, where is that? I don't know. Yeah. And I would, Somewhere I in the outer go, rim. I would go reference my Star Wars atlas, except none of these planets existed when they wrote said atlas. Right. So, Are you saying we need another edition of the, of the essential Star Wars atlas? I am quietly petitioning Dan Wallace to make a new atlas, please. Come on, Dan, you can do it. <laughs> I need a new atlas. <laughs> Mine's outdated. Yes, yes, we do. Or at least some sort of thing. I mean, heck, I, as I'm recording this, I'm looking above my desk, and I have uh, the map of the Star Wars galaxy, the old one from Star Wars Insider, hanging above my desk so I can I can reference it when podcasting. Uh, <laughs> it's probably somewhere <laughs> close to the Outer Rim. I mean, Probably. really, when you look at the books, that's all they keep referring to is the mid and outer rim. So, you know, it has to be somewhere out in that area. Yeah. I need to see a map. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Dave Filoni, I need a map. I would I, I would hope at some point we should be uh, – something should pop up, a map of something. I mean, heck, I got to say this. If DC Comics can put out a map of all 52 universes within the new 52, then Star Wars should be able to put out a map of the now new planetary universe of Star Wars. Oh, I agree. Yeah. yeah. I I think part of it is they actually don't want to constrain themselves too much. Um, But, okay, then then let's let's touch on that. How could they constrain themselves if they put planets out there because all they're doing is putting names well they're, if they're, if they're plotting the exact location and then they try to add another planet they can't shift them around i know that was a problem when they were uh making the essential atlas they were trying to figure out how do we get all these planets um you know I- I- into the galaxy in a way that makes sense because they've been referenced as being you know oh they're so far from this it's like a, you know, a day's flight from here and two days mm-hmm. from there and they have to do some crazy math like Oh well, that hyperdrive wasn't as fast, so or they had to go around this route, which why made, which is why it made them take longer, and you know. Well, that was before things were canon. Right. So yeah, it, it is true. better now, but I think um, my guess is maybe they want to. I think that's why they haven't been put, including a timeline at the beginning of the books either. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, they they have they have some, they, but it's not been, very specific, right? But they've been put at least they've been putting the I can understand the timeline, but they've been putting them in order. Yeah, so, correct. Yeah, That's so correct. I can understand not putting in the timeline because yes, it gives them the flexibility of when this and this and this happen, but the stories happen within from this point to this point. It 
putting in the years, I can see why they're not putting in the years. So I can understand yeah. the time. So yeah. Anyway, I'm but just these to... planets exist somewhere, and we need to know where they are. Yeah, I tell, I totally agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm trying to rationalize why we might not have it yet. Yeah, I, I'm sure at some point it's going to come. Because it's planned for 2017. <laughs> <laughs> so it turns out that uh, the buyer for these power generators is another, none other than Asmorgan. Uh, him again. Weird, creepy. Yeah, I'm not a huge guy. fan of Asmorgan. No, I'm not. The, his personality and his animation, he looks very plasticky. Yeah. I would say out of all the characters, he's the one that looks more cartoony. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and he acts more cartoony than everybody else. I mean, that's probably what the character is supposed to be. But within this universe, you you can't put him along the lines of Jar Jar cartoony. But mm-hmm. it's still along the lines of it doesn't quite fit. Yeah. He uh, just reminds me of a weird Jabba the Hutt. So, <laughs> well, yeah. so funny you mentioned that because... He actually is based on an early concept of Jabba the Hutt, which well, that makes, sense. makes complete right. sense. Uh, and on top of all of that, um, I don't know if you, you caught this, when, when as Morgan appears in this episode, you actually get a brief hint of Jabba's theme uh, during his intro. That to be one honest, I didn't even know Jabba Tatton had a theme. Yeah, I yeah. missed that too. Yeah, um, which was, which was kind of interesting and, and neat there. But he, as Morgan, is not very accommodating, I guess. He's like, well, you're not Visago, and I don't care what you have. I'm still going to take all the stuff for you. I'll, I'll keep my money, steal mm-hmm. your generators, sell them myself, and, oh, yeah, there's a bounty on your head, and I'll collect it um, and uh, get the money from that, too. So he just makes out like a bandit or a pirate or, or something mm-hmm. uh, in this like episode. A bad guy. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, and we also got a reference to the the Ren Clan, uh, which is the the group that put the uh, bounty on Hondo's head. I think they were referenced in the book Dark Disciple. Yeah, and, uh, I think you're correct. I it's been a while since I read Dark Disciple, so I don't remember. I don't remember them the at all either. Context uh, of why they were in the book, but they were. And of course, we get you know more great Hondo lines. Your business plan is impressive. All <laughs> um, that Hondo. Yeah. And that's, of course, when Ezra is unmasked, as we said earlier, and uh, and Hondo f- realizes that there's a uh, either prete- fakes that you know fakes realization that he you know no, now knows who Ezra is that he's not Lando or or actually does come to that realization, mm-hmm. and that's when we get this really great moment with Chopper coming in. What, what did you guys think of this this fight scene? I mean, it's a lot of it's Chopper, right? He really comes in and saves the day. Well, he oh, comes that was because hilarious. It, he he comes in because the the main thing is he actually was holding out part of the power converters, and that's why the deal went bad. And it's kind of gave him the the gave him the chance to come in and save the day, because you had as Morgan going, "Hey, not all the power converters are here," and I think it was Ezra saying, "Because my droid has them," and then here comes Chopper, and you know I've never seen a droid pull out two arms, grab two guns, and just start pulling uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and firing left and right. That was so friggin' funny. I was, I could not stop laughing because it's so chopper, right? Yep. For him to get two guns and be like, bow, bow, Guns bow, blazing. Bow, bow, bow. On one wheel. <laughs> yeah, no rolling around the room, guns blazing, going mm. crazy. Um, we did get some really nice moments, which I liked, where there was one... Um, where Ezra does this backflip and is able to catch his binders with a blaster bolt uh, mm-hmm. and, and break them apart to kind of free himself. Um, and then uh, earlier in the fight scene, we actually get to see, because, you know, Vizago was, um, uh, sorry, as Morgan, was threatening to uh, to throw them all out this the airlock, right, into space on these, like, little... Um, it was like a catapult. Pallets? Yeah, it was like yeah. a catapult where, like, it would it would drive. They'd get on this little platform. It would it would you know drive on these rails almost to the other side of the of the room, and then shoot them into space. And we actually get to see one of As Morgan's pilot um, uh, henchmen thrown into space, and you know the camera's just out there as the guy like dies. Mm-hmm. Out in space. It's like the scene in Titanic where they fall off and they hit the propellers of the 
Yeah. Oh. You know, it's like the same kind of thing where they're like, ah. Right. <laughs> and then a couple minutes later, Hondo almost has the same thing happen to him. You know, he, he actually, out of the goodness of his heart, uh, knocks Ezra out of the way of this oncoming ladder. Mm-hmm. Um, he gets knocked onto the platform, but then instead of hopping off of the platform like a normal person would, mm-hmm. he starts going crazy. Well, um, and uh, and he's like, "Oh, I'm rich!" Because he catches it as Morgan's credits in the process, and he's like, he sees the airlock. He's like, "I'm dead," which is you know, classic condo. But he doesn't hop off, and and Ezra has to use the force to reveals himself as a Jedi and has to use the force to you know rescue him before he flies up the airlock. And thankfully, Chopper was keeping as Morgan busy because that was one thing that I was sitting there wondering about. How did As Morgan not see? Oh, Chopper was chasing him. Guns blazing. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And then, then he hops in his, his. He has a, a Sora sub luxury yacht, which I, I think the last time we saw this yacht was in the box trilogy or or arc in the Clone Wars. Wasn't that in the box arc? Was because uh, Obi Wan was undercover, and I think Anakin and Obi Wan were fighting, and they were on this the Sora sub yacht. I think that's the last time we saw the ship. I, you might be right because I thought wasn't that Lund? Lund- Lund- it's the same model as, yeah, okay. as Lady Luck. Lund- 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 yes, yeah. So I think that's the last time we saw that vehicle, but I could be wrong. Stephen would probably know. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. But I was really glad to see Ezra use the Force and to actually do it well. And I knew there had to be a moment where that happened because we saw the line in one of the like kind of TV spot trailers for the or whatever it was for the episode. Where he's like, well, be a pirate Jedi. And I'm like, well, mm. he has to know he's a Jedi somehow. And then when that moment happened, I was like, and here it comes. Mm. Right. <laughs> what, Plus it what shows I, Ezra's using, he, he's learned how to use the Force. Even though he's, it looks like he was actually struggling to catch. Yeah, I was going to say. Hondo, but at least he, he, he did it. Mm. <laughs> well, what I, what I found very funny is after that point, you've got the two of them going back and forth. And Hondo's like, hey, you know, once again, he tries to recruit Ezra to be in his crew. And what I love about Hondo, always thinking that whatever profits they make, they'll split right down the middle, 50-40. <laughs> okay. And then and then you're looking at it going, and naturally, Ezra thinks, what happens to the other 10%? But the expenses, of course. <laughs> okay, so... So who's getting the 50 and who's getting the 40? So Hondo's getting the 50, Ezra's getting the 40, and the expenses? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, I get it. I mean, come on. It's Hondo, right? I know it's Hondo. Because he gets Ezra to sign up to, to agree to a deal to join him at 0%, uh, assuming he can keep all five of the generators. Correct. Which is not a very good deal long term, but we all know Ezra probably doesn't, you know, didn't intend to join him anyway. Um. And that's when we get Hondo, you know, he gives Ezra this giant big bear hug. And he's, he's like, let's, let us celebrate. Droid, droid, go to the galley and bring me the most expensive drink you can. And something for my friend. Yeah. <laughs> Which I just love. It's so typical Hondo, right? I'll have the best thing in the, in the house and get, you know, something for my, my friend over here that's not quite as nice. You know, I don't want don't to waste the money on him. And, and this, this was something I also found interesting is as Ezra's walking with Chopper, Ezra's like, wait a minute. Did did I just join this crew? But I don't I don't want to leave the ghost. I mean, I might make a good pirate. And now wait a minute, do Inquisitors hunt pirates? I mean, that actually was a very very fun little scene that was going on. But as they were walking, he hears this little thing. He hears like noise. Mm-hmm. And he yeah. heard it earlier in the episode. Too. Yeah, that's true. That's right. true. But but in this case, he went to go investigate it, and he finds. Vizago stuck in a cage, locked up, or in a brig, actually his own brig. So yeah. maybe, maybe he didn't lose the game, uh, the the ship to Sabak. No, they didn't. They never played it. I mean, yeah, Hondo well, that came just up, proves it. stunned him in the back, and threw him in the in the brig, and, uh, and you know that's why Vizago was calling for help. And so, you know, he he cashes in his favor with Ezra, and. Uh, and gets him to help him reclaim reclaim the the broken horn, mm-hmm. but I, so I know Ezra owed him a favor, but personally, I would have rather sided with Hondo than Vizago. 
Oh, I know. I would have been like, sorry, dude, you're stuck there because I'd feel safer with this guy. Right. <laughs> and he takes him to the ship, right? And, you know, now Visago and Honda are confronting each other, and Ezra's trying to get them to agree and, and split the profits. And Honda's like, that's a good idea, but it disgusts me. And, and Visago agrees, and he activates his battle droids, which wouldn't have happened if, if Ezra hadn't given him the, yeah, know, the device the to weapon. activate the battle droids. Oh, no, he didn't give it to him. Yeah, he slipped it to him as he walked into the cockpit. No, he did, did slip he slip it to him? It to him? I, thought Vizago, I thought Vizago took it, like, swiped it off of him. No, I, I saw, this, I saw okay, the same then thing. Then I just, yeah. I just, I just didn't give it to him. Yeah, so I'm like, I mean, at that point, I would fully expect Vizago to start a, a gunfight, right? At least right. if you have control of the droids, you can help them negotiate and come to an agreement. But, right. you know, he gave them the, the upper hand. And then as soon as the droids start firing, he goes and protects Hondo. So he's like constantly switching sides back and forth and back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I can't, I guess I can't, I can't blame Ezra. Uh, no. Another. He's a kid. He doesn't know what he's doing. Exactly. But an- such another great Hondo line. <laughs> While the firefight's going on, Hondo slips through a vent in the floor. And right before he ducks underneath, he looks at Ezra and says, don't worry, I'll invest your share of the money wisely and leaves. <laughs> <laughs> so great. You know, they have to come up with an action figure for him. I think they do. They do have one. Oh man. Do they? Oh, I never got it. I'm pretty sure, it. right? Uh, I wanna say I wanna say they do. I'm almost positive. I can't. I can't remember. Oh, I don't buy action figures. I haven't bought an action figure in a while anyway. And that's when Hondo steals the ghost I'm sorry, not the ghost, the phantom. Uh and the credits, and the generators, and mm-hmm. escapes. That's what makes him so awesome. Mm-hmm. Okay, like, but I'm just going to take everything. Yeah, but but did he really escape? That's the question to throw out there. No. But, well, yeah. of yeah. course not, because, yeah. you know, Ezra didn't know this, because he's like, oh, how am I going to find him? But Chopper... Chopper knows that uh, the ship was on autopilot mm-hmm. and couldn't be turned off. And so it took Hondo straight back to the ghost. And Ezra was able to escape Vizago. Vizago just let him go. He actually, Vizago actually had a really good line too. Vizago had a line. Uh-huh. Where it was to the extent of, you know, I hate working with kids. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And Ezra, Ezra is a kid. It's easy to forget that at times, but he is a kid. Right. Um, and so, you know, they he, Ezra takes the escape pod back to the ghost where, and I, I love this, Hondo is sitting there talking to it with everyone else, and he's taking all of the credit and completely twisting the story to his, uh, to, to, to fit his needs. So he's like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, you know, Ezra and I, we rescued those generators from the evil Visago, and um and it's great, and I couldn't have done it without this guy. And he's like calling him his his friend and trying to you know, share the credit with him. Spinning a completely different story. Ezra looks at him, is like, "That's not what happened. You stole the ship and the generators." And Hondo, and you know, this I, this is exactly what he's done to you know Obi Wan many times. Looks at him, is like, oh, "What an accusation! You wound me." <laughs> <laughs> And then when, when Ezra says it was the ship was on autopilot, he's like, well, that's another version of the story, I suppose. <laughs> so I, I I hope we get more Hondo, because he is hands down one of my favorite characters to come out of the Clone Wars and Rebels. Yeah, and then, well, and then Hondo goes, well, I'm going to give you all of these generations. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> out, of the, like, out of the goodness of his out heart. Out of the goodness of my heart, I'm going to give these all to you. <laughs> Oh man, oh, that's so great! Out of all the characters from the Clone Wars, I am very happy this one transfers over very well. Yes, because I I'm I really am not a fan of uh, Visago. Even mm-hmm. when we first saw him, I'm not. You know, it's like how could you bring him in when you had this really good pirate already? Yeah. No, that's an excellent point. Because that's exactly what I saw when we first got Visago. I was like, Visago is fine and all, but can't we have yeah. Hondo? Yeah. And then we got his Morgan, and I'm like, mm, I'm not really a fan of his Morgan. Yeah, but, but then, I, I see his Morgan as somebody different. I, that's I see, true. Yeah, I see. I see. Vizago and Hondo are very similar. Very similar. Or they were supposed to be. I mm-hmm. think. Yeah. 
Yeah, but I but, wonder. Do you think they were Vizag was originally intended to replace Hondo, and then I they realized feel that? Like it. I felt that I feel I feel with Teresa the same way. I think that may have been the case. And then they realized, oh, you know what? We can actually include Hondo, and maybe we maybe we should, you know, start awesome. incorporating more of this. And then they're like, oh, we can face them off against each other. Possible. I mean, Vizago's fine, but yeah, Hondo but... is just oh, so good, so good. I, I... Maybe when it comes to Vizago, we're still waiting to find, like, like there's that sweet spot with with uh, Hondo right now, that he's one of the great characters that translates. You've got a great voice actor portraying the character. You know, the the Vizago character is still trying to find himself. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, nothing against the character. It might be fun going forward if there is something like you know Vizago and Hondo playing off of each other. And and see what happens in this case. You know, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, Hondo is now without a crew. Yep. And he's, he's you know, kind of by himself. himself. So I can't see him probably actually doing this, but I would love it if he joined the Re- rebellion somehow. Oh God, I would love it if he joined the crew of the Ghost. Are yeah. you kidding? So that fantastic. would be so funny. Oh. <laughs> uh. I can just see him and Kanan interacting and, like, Kanan having a heart attack like every episode Kanan, they're yeah. trying to do it. Well, we don't really get well, to see no. them interact that much. Like, Kanan never responded to uh, to to Hondo, really. It was, mm-hmm. it was all Ezra and Hondo still talking. And I think that Kanan's their dynamic just, could be fantastic. Kanan's just getting kind of a little bit too on the serious side for me right now. So I really want Hondo to just get in there and, like, loosen him up. <laughs> yes, yes. That is true, but we do get this nice, you know, moment with Kanan after um, after Hondo leaves the ship, uh, and they're talking about, you know, how Ezra Ezra tells Kanan, "I used to be like Hondo, you know, out for myself and alone, but that's not who I am anymore." And and when when Ezra made that comment earlier, which we we, we mentioned briefly, we touched on it very quickly about how. He almost joined Hondo. He's like, "Wait, what have I done?" Mm-hmm. He talks about how, "Well, maybe, maybe I'd be okay with this." It's it's easy to forget that, right? He started off on the street stealing from people, right? Uh, I, at least I tend to forget that. Right? As 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 I say, he started out a street rat. Right. Exactly. You know, very Aladdin style. Yes. Um, it, it's easy to forget that, and and the way he references it here is like, "Oh yeah, I guess you know." In another world, if he hadn't met these guys, he probably would have joined Hondo and had mm-hmm. a great time. Um, but you know, now he's he's doing something you know more noble, trying to to save the galaxy and uh, join the rebellion and become trying to become a Jedi. Well, I think I think Hondo even summed it up right before he left. He did look at Ezra and say, you know, Ezra really is. He tells Ezra he really is a Jedi. Yep. So you know, even Hondo sees it that that's where his place should be is as a Jedi. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Definitely. Well, any more last thoughts before we, uh, we re- give our final thoughts or I guess that's kind of dumb. Uh, any final thoughts <laughs> before we do our actual review of the episode or, or do we just want to jump into our, our rating? Uh, I'm good with the ratings. Okay. Ratings uh, are good. Clearly I am not feeling the best. Today. Yeah, and, and, <laughs> yeah. and we th- since this was such a fun episode, we know we can get through it pretty quick. So I think ratings right now is a good time to go. So William, why don't you go first? Sure, uh, and then I can stop stumbling over my words and okay, actually makes sense hopefully. Uh, <laughs> so I, I really enjoyed this episode. It was very, it was fairly straightforward. Um, not a lot of surprises, but just the dynamic between Hondo and Ezra is just so great. And really Hondo by himself, I would watch a show just about Hondo uh, that, you know, it doesn't matter how self-contained the episode is. It's fantastic and so mm-hmm. enjoyable. And every time Hondo opens his mouth, it's pure gold. So uh, I think I'm going to give this episode an 8.5. Uh, I just really enjoyed it just from the Hondo perspective. And yeah, there were some, some you know convenient moments or, or whatnot, but um, I, I still really enjoyed it overall because it's Hondo, right? Mm-hmm. How, how, you can't get much better than that. No, and uh, 
my uh, eight and a half Wamparats are actually going to join Hondo and become his new crew. Uh, so they'll travel around the galaxy in some ship because Hondo doesn't have one yet. Uh, starting up a new uh, a new pirate crew with Hondo and eight and a half Wamparats. Cool. Hey Teresa, why don't you go next? Okay. Um, this episode for me is probably one of the best of the season just because I am such a big Hondo fan. So it's, I kind of rate the Rebels episodes based on rewatchability uh-huh. and whether or not I'll actually enjoy rewatching them. And I could watch this one over and over. Um, so I'm going to give it nine Womp Rats. Um, and it's just great. I want more Hondo. So, and my nine Womp Rats are going to go and help Ezra and they're going to go clean the vents for him so that he doesn't have to. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Okay, that's a good one. Um, okay, I, I enjoyed this episode, but I see that a lot of this as being just a filler episode. I'm probably just going to give it... I was actually going to go lower than this because of, of just being what it was, a filler between episodes. I am going to go higher because of the way we discussed it. It is Hondo. I'm going to give it an 8 because I was going to give it in the 6s or the 7s. Oh, wow. So you changed yeah. that much? No, I changed that much because I definitely see this as a filler episode. And it, it it was a nice it was a solid episode. Nothing knocking the episode at all. It was right. solid, but you could definitely tell it was getting you between point A and point B. Right. This was point A point five before B. Right. I mean, there, there's no big shocks or yeah, or... yeah. Th- th- there's nothing to it. Right. But it's just that this is Hondo and getting down to you know his little asides like you know don't bring your wife into this. Um, and all the other stuff. <laughs> so so I, I will, I, I jumped that much because of, of Hondo. So I am going to take my eight Womp Rats and I was very nice to them last week. You were? I said, yes, I was. Remember, I said my Womp Rats last week were what drove the Inquisitor lightsabers by making them spin. And that's why I gave it a solid number, because if it was a 0.5 number, that's why there was the space in between. When you see it spin, there's always that space. That was the 0.5 Womp Rat that was running around inside the circle. I never destroyed them. In this case, I'm going to take my eight Womp Rats, I'm going to put them on the sled, and Ezra's not going to make it in time to pull them back in. (laughs) Oh, poor guys. You know what? That's what we've done with the Womp Rats in the past. I was nice to them last week. But this is a great opportunity for them. I mean, you know, uh, Teresa, I think you're going to let them be. No, William, you want them to join the new crew for. Yeah. Oh, I was too nice to them. They're they're going to have a blast with Hondo. So, yeah, please, please, torture them. Yeah, Teresa, you were nice to them as well. And I was nice to them last week because, honestly, I could have had them be tortured last week. This week, Ezra's not going to make it in time. So. Well, and if I recall. Call the last time I was on this show, I was very cruel to my womp rats. <laughs> I was, I've been thinking about it. I'm like, I need to be nice to him this time because last time I was really mean. I don't really remember what it was. I just remember feeling really bad later. <laughs> well, in this episode, I'm going to be heartless about it. You know, done. So anyway, all right. So we have coming up on uh, the clone on Rebels next week. <laughs> Not clone Wars. <laughs> wow. You know, we've been how many episodes in? We're still saying Clone Wars. Uh, coming up on the Rebels next week, Season 2, Episode 5, Wings of the Master. In this one, the Rebels are in need of a new ship in order to overcome an Imperial blockade. Hera embarks on a dangerous mission to meet an eccentric starship engineer and manages to gain his trust. But will it be enough to bring a ship or to get... Will it be enough to get a ship from him? Hmm... Now, well, what's nice about this is we finally get an episode that's going to revolve around Hera. Yes. Freaking amazing. How long (laughs) has it been since that happened? Oh, wait. Since ever. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I I think she's been one of the most underutilized characters here, and I think this is the one in which we actually see her fly a B-Wing, or at least a precursor to the B-Wing, or whatever they want to call it. And I guess this is also a tribute to uh, Ralph McQuarrie, because the uh, Mon Cal is called Quarry. Yes, which I said it at Celebration, and I'll say it again. It's a little confusing because we have Quarrens. And so there's the Mon Cal and there's the Quarrens on the same <laughs> planet, and we have a Mon Cal named Cory. Hey, nobody said they were smart. But it's okay. You know, Meaning the Mon Cals aren't smart. They just named themselves, you know, funny. True. Yeah. 
And I do, I do really appreciate the reference and to uh, Ralph McQuarrie. Yeah. Well, and I'm it, excited about this episode because it's the first big Hera episode, and it falls literally two days before I actually get to see Vanessa. So I'm oh, like, awesome. I'm oh, gonna, I'm cool. gonna talk to her all about this while we're waiting in line for rides at Disneyland. But I'm just like, ah. ah. <laughs> so that'll be fun. Yeah. So you're heading, you're heading to this neck of the woods. I am. I will be out there this coming Friday to Tuesday. So I'll be there for the first two days of Season of the Force. Ooh. Uh, and You'll have just, to come out again and give us a report on how it is. I will. I'm I'm really, really pumped about it. Um, and I know you guys haven't, like, closed me out yet, but I was just going to plug really quick. Um, if anybody's listening to this that is over there, me um, from Disney Vault Talk, and also the Skywalking Through Neverland guys, we're doing a podcast listener meetup on Monday, um, the 16th. And basically, we're going to meet right outside of the pizza port at, I think, 530 or mm-hmm. 545. Um, and then we're all going to go and just have our meetup in line for Hyperspace Mountain. Very so cool. We're just going to wait in line together. <laughs> I've got to try Hyperspace Mountain. I've, I'm not heading down there anytime soon, but Hyperspace Mountain is one I have to do. Yeah. I haven't been on Space Mountain in years, so this one I got to do. Nice, that'll be cool. Yeah, uh, place is getting expensive. It's hard to get in there now. True. Okay. Well, you'll have to let us know what you think. Too. So I will. I will for sure. Yeah, and especially because it's a it's a Hera episode, so we might have to have you on again if you're. Oh, well, like, you'll be at Disneyland, so. Well, yeah, you yeah, will be at I Disneyland. Will. I'll, I'll be at Disneyland there. when it's happening, but yes, you know. Okay, we will definitely have you back in the future. Yay! You're, you'll be back on. Indeed. So, and thank you for joining us. Thank yes, you. thank you so much. And uh, <laughs> you are on uh, on Twitter uh, at Ice Cold Penguin. I am on Twitter and Instagram at Ice Cold Penguin, and you can find me on Star Wars Bookworms, which is a part of the Star Wars Report Network. And then, so are we. yep, I know. Woo-hoo. Sister podcast, brother podcast, friend podcast, network show something. You know, all of the above. We're, we're all related. Of all that fun stuff we're related now, which is really cool. Um, and then Fangirls Going Rogue on Rebel Force Radio. And then Disney Vault Talk, um, which is a part of Shot Glass Digital. And um, we do a Rebels review show over there called Rebel Yell. And speaking of, I need to have you guys on over there. So y'all let me know if y'all yeah, want so love on to Rebel Yell. Okay. It'll be fun. Because talking to Steve Glasson is just, you know, a riot <laughs> minute. So. Oh, yeah. He's, he's a great guy. <laughs> We would uh, we would love to come on. So that can be cool. arranged. Well, uh, thanks again for uh, for joining us, and we will be back next week with Wings of the Master. Thank you for listening to the Ion Cannon podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away, including Rebels, the sequel trilogy, spinoff films, and more. If you like what you hear, please rate us in your favorite podcast client. Your review will help the show grow within the Star Wars fan community. Visit our website, ioncanoncast.com, or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. You can also get in contact with us by emailing contact at ioncanoncast.com. The Ion Cannon Podcast is not associated with Lucasfilm, the Walt Disney Company, or any of their respective trademark or copyright holders. Any and all opinions are that of the hosts. This podcast is a production of fans, by fans, and is copyright. 2015.